by a show of hands in here tonight, who has heard of a gymnast named Larissa Latinina? Larissa Latinina. Okay, no hands. That's exactly what I thought. That's what I was hoping for. I've never heard of her either. And I was doing some research on who is this lady. Never heard of her. She was a gymnast. She was very popular back in like the 1950s. Let me look around. I don't think any of us were alive in the night. Okay, I'm just kidding with you adult leaders. I love you all. I know none of you were born or around in the 1950s. Just making a quick joke. But who in here has heard of Simone Biles? Okay, there it is. There's a lot of hands. A lot of us have heard of Simone Biles. We know that she was, if you haven't heard of Simone Biles, okay, who has, who has heard of the Olympics maybe or gymnastics? Let's, let's go down to the basics. You've heard of, of one of those three things. But Simone Biles, a lot of us have heard of Simone Biles. Until 2019, the last person to win five gold medals at a gymnastics championship was Larissa, that lady that I mentioned at first, but none of us have heard of her. That changed when Simone Biles became only the third gymnast to win five medals at one single championship. So this Larissa, back in the 1950s, she was popular. Everyone knew who she was. She was the best gymnast at the time. People were talking about her. People knew who she was until 2019, she held that record till Simone Biles was able to beat it. And Simone became only the third gymnast to win five medals at a single championship. She's even considered to be the greatest gymnast of all time. She even has a move or a gymnastics sequence named after her called the Biles, which is a double layout with a half twist and a blind landing. What even is that? A blind landing, that alone scares me, just doing whatever, not knowing where your feet are going to hit. But I can't even imagine doing the other things. She also has five Olympic medals, which is amazing. She has all these achievements. She's very popular. People know who she is. But just like Larissa, at some point, people won't even know who Simone Biles is. 50 years from now, or maybe it's longer than that, at some point, someone will ask their question, hey, do you know who Simone Biles is? And that answer would be no. Just like we are with Larissa, people will never have heard of her, even though she is great. Tonight, as we continue on in the book of Hebrews, we are going to look at Jesus, the one who will reign forever and the one that won't be forgotten. Jesus will reign forever and he won't be forgotten. I'll pray for us, then we're going to hop right into Hebrews. God, I pray that tonight you would help us see how Jesus reigns both now and forever. Lord, thank you for this text and what it means for our eternity. When we discuss some tough topics here in a couple weeks with our, our new sermon series, God, I just pray that you would give both Dylan and I the wisdom to see how you want us to talk about the topics and the questions and the problems of today's culture. Lord, would you just help us to inform um, and guide us, Lord, on those topics with your word. Lord, would you let your word inform every stance that we take. God, we thank you for Jesus. We are so grateful that you rose him from the grave. I pray that you would show us tonight how Jesus is the king who will reign forever. We're pressing on in Hebrews. We love you, Lord. It's in your whole name we all pray. Amen. As we are pressing on in Hebrews tonight, thanks for sticking with me last week through a tough text. But tonight we have an encouraging word. And I'm so excited 
about that. I'm going to hop right in with my main point or title of the sermon, whichever one you feel more comfortable with. My main point or the focus tonight is that Jesus reigns. Tonight we are going to look at how Jesus is the ultimate king priest. We, we discussed those terms last week, king and priest, right? We know what a king is. He reigns. He has authority. A priest is one who goes on behalf of the people before God and then before God on behalf of the people. It's what's kind of our intercessor. It's the in-between. We're going to see how Jesus is the ultimate king priest. He is superior to all of the others that we talked about last week. Remember those, we remember Abraham, Levi, and then that the one with the hard name to pronounce, Melchizedek. We end up calling him Mel. We're going to see tonight how Jesus reigns both now and forever. We're going to start in Hebrews 7 in verse 13. We're going to go through the end of the chapter. So as you're turning your way to Hebrews chapter 7, verse 13, if you don't have a Bible, there's some in the back. You can see Sean Boyd is standing back there. There's some Bibles in the back. He'd love to help get you one of those. If you don't have a Bible and you'd like a copy for at your house or just for you to have, come talk to me. I'd love to be able to give you a Bible and we can definitely do that for you. So don't hesitate. Go back and grab a Bible. There's some pens and paper back there too if you want to take notes. Let's pick up, as you're turning to 13, let's pick up where we left off last week in verses 11 and 12. I'll read those for us. Now, if perfection came through the Levitical priesthood, what further need was there for another priest to appear, said to be according to the order of Melchizedek and not according to the order of Aaron? For when there is a change of the priesthood, there must be a change of law as well. Last week, we, we picked, left off on this idea that these two verses show us there is a need for a perfect priest. We're going to pick up today to see how Jesus is that perfect priest who will reign forever. The language and how that's used in verse 11, now, now if perfection came through, that's shown us that perfection did not come through the Levitical priesthood. They're showing us that there's a greater one that is coming. And tonight we're going to get to see how Jesus will reign forever. If you don't have your Bible, you can follow along on the screen. I'm going to pick up in Hebrews chapter 7, verse 13. For the one these things are spoken about belong to a different tribe. This is referencing Jesus. No one from it has served at the altar. Now it is evident that our Lord came from Judah. And Moses said nothing about that tribe concerning priests. In verse 13, the one this talks about is Jesus. He's the one that came from the tribe of Judah. And to us it may not make sense, but we need to go back in time and put ourselves in their shoes. Back then, priests came from the line of Levi, and kings came from the line of Judah, and that's how it was. Priests came from Levi, Levi produced the priests, and Judah produced the kings, and those two were to stay in their own lane. They were not to cross. There was never a difference. Judah did not produce priests, and Levi did not produce kings. They did that in their own lanes. But now there's a new priest who did not come from the line of Levi. Let's pick up in verse 15. And this becomes clear if another priest like Melchizedek appears who did not become a priest based on a legal regulation about physical descent, but based on the power of an indestructible life. For it has been testified, you are a priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek. This scripture shows us the difference in Jesus from the other priests. Jesus was not from a legal regulation like the priest from Levi, which resulted in death. But as Psalm 110 verse 4 is quoted here in verse 17, he was from a line of indestructible life, which ends 
in him reigning forever. Like the order of Melchizedek, which we discussed last week. But remember, I want you to remember this tidbit from last week. That Jesus is not like Melchizedek in the grand scheme of things. There's some characteristics that we saw last week that are the same. But we remember that Melchizedek is like Jesus. He is pointing to Jesus. So we've set the scene that a priest who will reign forever is necessary. And we need that. Let's continue and pick up in verse 18 and read 18 and 19. So the previous command is annulled because it was weak and unprofitable. For the law perfected nothing, but a better hope is introduced through which we draw near to God. I love those words in verse 18. A better hope is introduced. That hope has a name, and his name is Jesus. The better hope that is introduced is Jesus, which leads to our first point tonight, that his reign is hopeful. So if you remember our our title, what we're going through tonight is that Jesus Reigns. And we're going to look through some different characteristics about his reign and what that means for us. So first, his reign is hopeful. The previous command of the priest need to come from a certain tribe is no longer necessary. According to verse 18, at this point, it's weak and unprofitable. Or instead of unprofitable, maybe the word useless. It has no need. It is weak because it was changing generation after generation. A person would die and a new priest would be named as unprofitable or useless because they were not perfect. Verse 11 tells us that, and they were humans like you and I. They were not perfect. The law is weak here because it, it no longer has a point when Jesus comes into the picture. When he dies on the cross for us, there's no more need for the law. And at the time, the law was necessary. God did not design the law to save sinners, but it did serve its own purpose. But now it is not Necessary because he did not design the law to save sinners, but he did promise a better hope, one that would eventually go to the cross for us and die for our sins so that one day we can spend eternity with Jesus. He promised a better hope. Jesus is our better hope, and that's clearly stated in verse 19. And through Jesus, we can draw near to God. Find comfort in that, that through Jesus, we can draw near to to God. We are all familiar sin of sin and how sin is a problem. In Genesis 3, sin is introduced into the world and each and every person, myself, the adult leaders in here, every person here, we are all sinners and that separates us from God. So that, that gets us away from God's design and how he created this world that leads to brokenness in this world. But God and how he loves us, he sent his perfect son Jesus to this earth to live a perfect sinless life, to die on a cross, a gruesome death, to be buried, and three days later to rise again. If we put our hope and trust in him, we can draw near to God. The only hope we have in this life is Jesus. He is the priest who will reign forever. We put our hope in a lot of different things, right? A lot of us put our hope in our family, our friends, our grades, athletics, band, ourselves. Maybe it's a certain relationship. And some of those things aren't bad things, but they do make a bad God. So some of those, let me say that again, some of those are not bad things. Some of us have great parents, praise the Lord for that. Some of us do really well at school, praise the Lord for that. Those things are not bad, but they cannot be God in your life. 
Jesus is the only one who can give you true hope. He is steady and constant. Through, only through Jesus and what he did for us on the cross can we draw near to God and praise the Lord for that, that he made a way for us that in our sin, in our trespasses, we weren't left there, but that God, through his love and his kindness, sent Jesus so that we can have hope. His reign is hopeful. Growing up in the same spot a lot of you are in right now, with middle school and, and into high school, I put my hope in different things. For a little bit there, it was sports. And if you guys could see me play sports back in middle school or high school, it'd be like, Cooper, why on earth did you put any hope in sports? You knew that was not going to pan out. And that, that is the truth. Sports faded very quickly. When I got to college, it quickly pivoted. I put my hope in people. I wanted to be liked and accepted. And let me tell you, that also faded quickly. There was no hope there. I tried to act a certain way around a certain group of friends in a different way around a certain group of friends. I just tried to fit in everywhere. I went. It was exhausting, and it left me feeling empty. There was no hope there. And if there was any, it was temporary. Jesus is the only hope that has been there and never leaves, which leads me to my next point, that his reign is permanent. His reign is permanent. Not only do we see that his reign is hopeful, it gives us hope, but his reign is permanent. Let's look back at our Bibles, Hebrews chapter 7, pick up with me in verse 20. None of this happened without an oath. For others became priests without an oath. So you see this word oath, it's mentioned here multiple times. I'm going to read a verse for us out of Psalm 110, verse 4. Psalm 110, verse 4. You don't have to turn there. It will be on the screen behind me. But when you hear the word oath, I want you to remember what we're reading here in Psalm 110, verse 4. The Lord has sworn an oath and will not take it back. Here's the, here's the oath that he, swore, that he has sworn. You are a priest forever according to the pattern of Melchizedek. You are a priest forever according to the pattern of Melchizedek. Let's pick back up in verse 21. But he became a priest with an oath made by the one that said to him, the Lord has sworn and will not change his mind. You are a priest forever. Because of this oath, Jesus has also become the guarantee of a better covenant. Now many have become Levitical priests since they are prevented by death from remaining in office. But because he remains forever, he holds his priesthood permanently. Therefore, he is able to save completely those who come to God through him, since he always lives to intercede for them. He always lives to intercede for them. That word oath was, it appeared many times, and, and what's that telling us is that Jesus will reign, he will be the priest forever. And that is directly from Psalm 110, verse 4. That word forever goes hand in hand with permanent here, that his reign is permanent. It shows us that this oath God swore means Jesus will be our priest forever. He is not going anywhere. I can promise you that, that he is not going anywhere. Verse 23 shows us there have been many Levitical priests, and we can understand that. We understand that that us as humans, we live and then we die. But Jesus is alive and will live for eternity. He is permanent and his reign is 
permanent. Let's reread together verse 25. Therefore, he is able to save completely those who come to God through him, since he always lives to intercede for them. When I read this verse, it brings me so much joy and hope, because this is our hope. He is able to save, and he, was always, he will always intercede for us. That is such a big deal. I don't think we grasp that. Jesus will always go to the Father on our behalf because of what he did for us on the cross. And what he did for us on the cross is enough. It always has been, and it always will be. So those of us that have been born again, we are born again believers in what Jesus did for us on the cross. When, when God looks at us, he doesn't see our sin anymore. He sees Jesus because he stood in our place. Because we had a debt that we could not pay, but Jesus paid it for us, and he will reign forever. Trends change. What's popular comes and goes. By the grace of the Lord, hopefully one day Crocs won't be in style. I see like 47 pairs of Crocs out here. These guys over here were switching Crocs. He's got a yellow one on, a blue one. Hopefully Crocs won't be in style. Lululemon will fade one day. Though it may take a while, it will fade one day things of this world will fade away. And that is not a maybe, that is a promise. That is a promise. We cannot place our hope in things of this world. Like we mentioned earlier, no relationship, no grade, no sports team, no anything can bring you eternal hope. Only through Jesus' work on the cross can you have a hope that is permanent. Friendships are great. Sports teams are great. Doing good in school is great as long as as you are doing it for the glory of God and giving him the glory for it all because he deserves it. He will reign forever. A good question to ask yourself is what is important in your own life? What is important in your own life? You probably have multiple things that are important, and that's okay. But are they rooted in your relationship with Jesus and who he is and not what the world says? Because the ways of this world, they will fade. But Jesus, he is permanent he gives us hope, and he won't change. He will be there for you, and that is a promise. Let's look at our last three verses of the night. Picking up in verse 26, for this is the kind of high priest we need. We need him. He's holy, innocent, undefiled, separated from sinners, and exalted above the heavens. He doesn't need to offer sacrifices every day as high priests do, first for their own sins, then for those of the People. He did this once for all time when he offered himself. For the law appoints as high priests men who are weak. But the promise of the oath which came after the law appoints a son who has been perfected forever. Who has been perfected forever. My third and final point about Jesus' reign is that his reign is perfect. So we see that his reign is hopeful. His reign is permanent, and now we see that his reign is perfect. Verse 26 speaks to this beautifully. Look at these words used to describe Jesus. And right before that, it says, this is the kind of high priest we need. We need this. I'm going to reread these words for us. He's holy, innocent, undefiled, separated from sinners, and exalted above the heavens. Look at these words used to describe Jesus. Those are beautiful words used to describe him. Verse 27 shows us that what he did on the cross was enough and it will always be enough. He doesn't need to offer sacrifices every day because what he did once for all time is 
enough. And some of you need to hear that. If you have trusted him as Savior, what he did on the cross was enough for you. Yes, you may need to repent and turn back to him, but what he did is enough. He is not like us. He is perfect. We, what man is referring to in this text, are weak. We are in need of a perfect Savior. He's not asking you to save yourself because he knows you can't. He's asking that you turn from your sin. You repent. You give it to him, and you put your trust in him as Savior because he is perfect, and he is the kind of Savior that we need, that we need. We need a Savior like him. We need a Savior that is perfect because we are not. But oftentimes, we try to be perfect. Life is messy. We all experience pain. Some of us are right now. I'm sure a lot of us are right now. I know I am myself. We've all experienced hurts at some point, pains at some point, struggles at some point. He is not asking you to be perfect because he is that for you. But he is asking that you trust him to be your savior and that you live your life for him, that you give him the glory and the honor for everything in your life because he is perfect. His reign is hopeful, his reign is permanent, and his reign is perfect. Are you allowing him to be your perfect savior? That's the application for tonight. Are you allowing him to be your perfect savior? There's bad news. We as humans are not enough. We are sinful people, but their good news is that we have a savior who reigns forever, and he will give us hope. He promises that he is permanent, and his reign is perfect. Are you allowing him to be that in your life. As Cole makes his way back up, tonight is a very hopeful message. For some of you, you may need to let Jesus reign in your life for the very first time. You may need to let Jesus reign in your life for the first time. You may have been searching for hope, something permanent and something perfect in your life. Jesus is the only one who can fill that void. I promise you, you need to trust him as Lord and Savior of your life. For others in the room, you may need to be obedient and following baptism. This Sunday is baptism Sunday. Noah Rose is getting baptized. I'm super excited about that. Some, some of you need to follow in that. You need to say, hey, I need to be baptized. I need to show that I'm all in for the Lord, that he has saved me, and, and you need to be baptized as a, a physical representation of that. And some of you tonight, you need to just worship him. You may need to pray with a leader. You may need to ask the Lord for repentance. You may need to just sit here and cry out and worship to him and tell him how thankful you are that he will reign forever. Whichever one you may need, if you need to trust the Lord as your Savior, if you need to follow through in believer's baptism, or if you just need someone to pray with, the leaders will be in the back of the room. I'll be in the back of the room. Please come find one of us and talk with us and pray with us. We would love to do that. But remember that Jesus reigns and his reign is hopeful, it is permanent, and it is perfect. I'm going to pray for us and as Cole plays, you respond. Dear Lord, we come to you tonight, God, just grateful. Lord, we're grateful that you reign both now and forever. We're grateful that your reign is hopeful, it's permanent, and it's perfect. Lord, we can find joy and satisfaction and that thank you for Jesus and what he did for us on the cross, Lord, that we are not enough and he died in our place. Lord, we're grateful for that. Thank you for Jesus. I pray as, as we worship now, Lord, that students would respond how you call them to, Lord, that 
that it wouldn't be anything that I said, God, that it would be your Holy Spirit in their lives. So, God, as, as Cole plays and as we respond, Lord, we just want to give you all the glory in everything that we do. Lord, we, we love you. We thank you for Jesus. It's in your holy name that we all pray. Amen.